Section 10 of Wellington by George Hooper. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Pamela Nagami. Chapter 7. The Last Campaign in Portugal. Part 2. Fortune did not smile on him, and on April 3rd, Wellington enveloped and defeated Renier, who held Sabugal, and the next day the whole invading army crossed the frontier into Spain. This last engagement, which brought out once more the fine qualities of the light division, was marred of its full impact by accidents, but the principal events in that astonishing fight will always shed a glory on the names of Sidney Beckwith, Captain John Hopkins, and the officers and men of the light division and their comrades, elders Portuguese caçadores, whose skill, valor, and tenacity received the high reward of Wellington's public and unqualified praise. Four days afterwards, Massena, leaving a division at Suidad Rodrigo, retired upon Salamanca, having lost every battle and combat and 30,000 men in the campaign. Wellington then invested Almeida and took up once more the line of the Agueda over against the great frontier fortress. Well might Lord Liverpool, while publicly expressing the pride and pleasure of his government, say in a private letter to Wellington, the retreat of the French certainly forms a new era in the war. The event, he adds, has fully confirmed all your predictions, adding that the government was determined not to be diverted from the peninsula to other objects. His difficulties as to finance and specie were great, but instead of recalling troops, a regiment of horse which he asked for was sent out, and the government, which a few weeks earlier had refused to allow him to accept the command of the Spanish armies, now recovered sufficient courage to ask for the great commander's opinion respecting what could be done in the interior of Spain. The letters, dated April 11th, mark the period of change from apprehension to confidence. That was something gained, yet Wellington's position was still more embarrassing because the Portuguese authorities were neglectful, if not treacherous, and because the French had made such progress in Estremadura, capturing Olivonsa, Barajoz, and Campo Mayor. When it was certain that Massena must retire, Beresford was reinforced and sent toward the Guadiana with two divisions to oust Mortier and recover the fortresses. By rapid marches he did succeed in snatching back first Campo Mayor and then Olivanza, but was not equally happy in dealing with Barajos. Although the breaches were still open, at the beginning of April, Wellington started from the front on the Agueda to try what he could do in the south, leaving Sir Brent Spencer in command. He was near Barajos in Beresford's camp on April 21st and did what was possible, which was not much, to rally the Spaniards and remedy errors and in the midst of his exertions came the startling and unexpected intelligence that Massena was once more near Suidad Rodrigo and bent on raising the blockade of Almeida. Wellington instantly hurried to his northern army, moving with such expedition that he rejoined it on April 28th. It was lucky, he writes, that I came when I did. Massena had obtained the reluctant aid of Bessières, who commanded in Castile, and was resolved to make one more throw for victory. He did not know it, but Napoleon had already transferred the command of the army of Portugal to Marmont, nor did he know that he was starting to fight his last battle. 
when the french became threatening the british divisions were collected about fuentes danoro a village on the duas casas a torrent running in a deep ravine parallel to the turones and the coa on the right bank of which stream stood the beleaguered almeida Messena brought up on may second four corps d'armee and the horse lent by bessieres he had perhaps more than forty thousand men including a force of cavalry far superior to that of the allies and he was the assailant for wellington fought a defensive battle the position he held although it had some advantages was not a good one its strength lay in the deep trench of the duas casas and the rocky elevations which extended from that torrent back to the turones its weakness was the easily accessible plain on the right below the ridge of rough ground over which the enemy might strive to force his way and gain the line of retreat upon the bridge spanning the coa at castello boma the left was secured by the fifth division on the road to almeida and the sixth opposite the village of almeida the first and third were in and near fuentes while the seventh together with the spanish cavalry of julian sanchez was advanced into the plain on the right the light division was held in reserve the fight began on the third with an attack by loison upon fuentes into which he penetrated but from which he was expelled after a sharp combat and driven over the stream the next day massena and bessieres examined the position and the armies were quiet on the fifth a tempest broke one corps skirmished on the left of the british line and fuentes was again the scene of a fierce encounter which raged in the village street and about the chapel on the summit but the main attack was made upon the right where the divisions of the french sixth corps supported by the whole of their numerous cavalry except the horsemen of the imperial guard crossed the duas casas and burst through the wood into the plain julian sanchez was driven or retired over the turones the british cavalry outnumbered remained to support the infantry which was also obliged to fall back and norman ramsay saved his battery by charging right through the french horse at the earliest indication of the formidable onset wellington had sent forward the light division to sustain the seventh and both were thrown into squares yet not before some men of the latter were slain though no square was broken then the light division once more under crawford covered the retreat of the seventh over the turones and always attended by the faithful british horse withdrew majestically in their compact formation back toward the heights defying the swarms of french cavalry who danced about them yet dared not charge it is admitted that the moment was one full of peril and the french contend that had loison pushed on with a will they must have won they also say that he dared not take upon himself to act without orders and that the four divisions and all the cavalry by an inconceivable fatality suddenly stopped short just as they should have gathered the fruit of victory perhaps the stout bearing and steady movement of the light division had some effect but in any case the french did not strike and the british general got out of his difficulty by forming a new front of battle the rest of the combat was confined to a cannonade and a contest for the village where the adversaries with varying fortune fought all day but the higher portion was never relinquished and at night the french withdrew over the river the french admit a loss of two thousand killed and wounded 
that of the british was fifteen hundred including three hundred prisoners the possession of almeida was secured by the battle but brenier who commanded there burst many guns exploded mines in the bastions and sallying forth carried safely through the investing force four-fifths of his garrison of fifteen hundred men this fine success of the frenchman drew from wellington the caustic remark in a private letter that he began to be of opinion that there is nothing on earth so stupid as a gallant officer they were all sleeping in their spurs even but the french got off publicly he put a severe rebuke on carelessness and overconfidence into a general order Messena, after his repulse did not remain long on the duas casas and on the tenth the french were again over the agueda where the war-worn veteran gave over the command to marmont who moved the army to salamanca wellington having shaken off the army of portugal for the third time turned his eyes again toward the south he was still near almeida when news came from beresford that soult was moving to succor barajos and before either he or the troops he had detached from the baira could reach the guadiana the terrible battle of albuera had been fought and won by a grand display of disciplined courage yet so hard was the task that at the end eighteen hundred unwounded men the remnant of six thousand unconquerable british soldiers stood triumphant on the fatal hill when wellington arrived soult had drawn back to yerena in the mountains where in the middle of june he was joined by drouet from that post he watched the siege of barajos wellington's first serious attempt to recover the fortress not according to the rules of art for he had not the means but by rougher measures since he had to win or lose in a given time with the few and imperfect resources at his command brialmont a competent judge condemns all wellington's sieges from an artistic point of view but he cannot help admiring them as examples of what courage and perseverance can effect when opposed by adverse fortune and the vices of a backward military organization in this first effort to take barajos he failed napoleon had ordered marmont to join soult and as the former went south from salamanca spencer quitting baira took the same direction and each arrived on the scene about the same time wellington therefore raised the siege and occupied a position behind the calla for the two marshals had sixty-four thousand men and his force barely exceeded two-thirds of that number for some reason they did not attack perhaps because ces vieux guerriers toujours vainqueurs dans le nord et si souvent en espagne n'abordèrent plus les anglais qu'avec une certaine défiance or as napier puts it marmont's army was conscious of recent defeats at Bustaco, sabugal and fuentes donoro the horrid field of abuera was fresh the fierce blood there spilled still reeked in the nostrils of soult's soldiers and thus the bold bearing of wellington assumed at great risk to impose on the enemy had an ally in the chastened temper of his once confident foes the sum and substance of this great effort of concentration by the french was the relief of barajos the two marshals who could not risk a battle soon separated again because wellington having induced blake to enter andalusia and having set other spanish generals in motion soult was obliged to hurry to the rescue of seville and granada and marmont did not feel strong enough to stand alone 
king joseph also added to the trouble by going suddenly to paris declaring he would abdicate napoleon made concessions to pacify him and gave him more money and sent more troops including part of the imperial guard through the pyrenees yet although he publicly admitted that the combat with england would be fought thenceforth in spain and still spoke of going thither himself he was at that instant considering a descent on ireland forming schemes for the invasion of england from antwerp boulogne and cherbourg and preparing on all sides for the rapidly approaching war with russia which wellington scented in the wind at this moment when his position was full of peril when the french had not only captured the eastern fortresses but what concerned him more nearly held Badajoz and ciudad rodrigo leaving elvas alone as a support in the south and nothing in the north when spanish resistance was at its lowest ebb and almost confined to the irrepressible guerillas when the portuguese native authorities were all but openly hostile and quite openly obstructive the steadfast captain kept a constant mind he had hours of doubt and righteous wrath when the mighty burden pressed upon him and he talked of retiring from the turmoil but that supreme sense of duty his greatest quality soon prevailed and as he manfully confronted so he overcame his thronging troubles from the pestilential guadiana the war shifted once more toward the north and after a series of adroit manoeuvres wellington and marmont were on the frontiers of castile the english general cherished the design of wresting ciudad rodrigo from his foe and in august he caused a battering train sent from england to be landed at oporto secretly and dragged over the mountains to the valley of the Agueda. at one moment it seemed possible that the fortress might be blockaded and surprised when scantily supplied with food but that moment passed the french being too quick and the convoys too well guarded yet wellington remained close by watching for a chance and marmont was equally on the alert to frustrate his adversary he had great means for he could call up large forces and was daring as well as capable in point of numbers the opponents were not fairly matched as wellington could only dispose of some forty-four thousand men while vigilant on the Agueda, wellington always provident repaired the famous lines on both banks of the tagus and vainly endeavoured to make the regency improve the roads and bridges in his rear moved thereto by the menaced advent of napoleon in september marmont called on to throw fresh stores into ciudad collected sixty thousand men at tamanes on the twenty first and not only poured abundant supplies into the fortress but dashed in among the british divisions which were widely separated yet not so posted that they could not unite if time were gained it was gained for wellington with a weak force daringly resisted an attack by a mass of cavalry at el bodon and when the seventy-seventh and fifth regiments were obliged to retreat they did so in one square defying and punishing the swarming horsemen and falling back slowly towards guinaldo after being joined by other regiments of the third division at guinaldo a few redoubts formed a sort of entrenched post and in the afternoon it was occupied by about fourteen thousand men later came in two regiments which had been thrust off the direct route and the light division was still absent 
after devious wanderings apparently caused by crawford's preference for his own line of retreat and when marmont had assembled an immense force on the british front the light division arrived fatigued but entire wellington then drew in all his divisions and concentrated them upon a position behind the stream of villa mayor the french marshal attacked the outposts at aldea ponte but pushed his advantages no further and let slip the fairest chance he ever had of beating wellington the latter retired to even a stronger position in the loop of the coa and was not molested or followed nothing beyond brilliant combats resulted from these formidable-looking french operations and it is easy to see that wellington owed his safety to his coolness in danger the intrepidity of his troops and to the moral ascendancy which he had established over the minds of his adversaries by his uniform success in baffling their manoeuvres and defeating their armies the french returned to their old quarters at salamanca and in the valley of the tagus the british troops were quiet for months distributed in cantonments over a wide area and wellington busy as he always was found time occasionally to hunt with lord tweeddale's imported pack of foxhounds giving out to mislead the french that he would have two packs next year during this period of inaction the main design cherished by the commander-in-chief was the recovery of ciudad rodrigo to that object he bent all his energies and kept his secret so well that none guessed it down to the moment of execution he brought up the battering train to almeida which revealed nothing as the guns were apparently obtained to arm the fortress he kept his division spread out for the sake of subsistence and that looked like weakness he constructed a bridge to be used on the Agueda and accumulated other means but the purpose was never conjectured the boldness of the project was favourable to success since the french did not think that in the depth of winter he would venture on any large and hazardous enterprise so keeping his own counsel he prepared and watched for a fitting opportunity it came at the end of the year napoleon drawing away the imperial guard and all the poles rearranged his armies in spain in december giving as he said forty-two in lieu of the thirty-six battalions which he abstracted but the quantity did not make up for the quality and he took no account of the horse moreover he wanted marmont not only to counteract wellington but also to reinforce suchet and he seemed to draw a line between the operations of marmont and soult tending to deepen the existing jealousies which the feeble joseph was not competent to soothe or dispel wellington taking advantage of the transition or confusion reaped the fruit of his own astute line of conduct which had bewildered one marshal and hill's intelligent energy which had upset the calculations of another when least expected he swooped down upon ciudad rodrigo and was master of its defences before marmont could collect an army of relief success depended on rapidity and rapidity meant a great loss of life but in no other way could the place be captured under the conditions and the sacrifice brought more solid gain than if it had occurred in battle with all his propelling power wellington could not begin the siege until january eighth eighteen twelve when by a daring stroke colburn stormed the exterior redoubt on a hill called the great tessan and established the first parallel 
the working parties were hindered by the severe weather and the want of transport as well as by the enemy's fire but by the thirteenth twenty-eight guns were in the batteries and on the afternoon of the fourteenth they opened fire at long range in order to anticipate the coming of a relieving army it was resolved to effect a breach or breaches and storm in at once without blowing in the counterscarp the operation was aided by the capture of two convents outside the body of the place and the approaches were pushed forward to the lesser tesson despite a destructive defence ten days after the first shot was fired the breaches were declared to be practicable and the next day the storming columns were in action the principal resistance was at the great breach where the conflict was deadly but through the lesser breach the light division regiments forced an entrance and thus turned the position of the defenders so that the third division also broke in on all sides the storming parties were victorious the town filled rapidly with soldiers and the governor retreating to the castle with a great part of the garrison soon surrendered it was a brilliant example of resolute valour but the price of victory was great the allies lost twelve hundred men and ninety officers killed and wounded one half in the breaches the list including crawford and mckinnon who were slain and vandeleur and colborne who were wounded the fruits of that day were fifteen hundred prisoners large stores of ammunition and one hundred and fifty guns among which was marmont's battering train but the greatest prize was the fortress itself which constituting a barrier to the invasion of portugal opened a road into spain the british made their triumphant general an earl the spaniards duke of ciudad rodrigo and the portuguese marquis of torres vedras the capture of ciudad marked a new stage of the war one measure of his merit is the consternation of his adversaries marmont who only heard of the siege on the fifteenth assembled forty-five thousand men at salamanca on january twenty-fifth nearly a week after the fortress had succumbed when learning the fact he withdrew to valladolid it was not until the twenty-seventh that napoleon got news of an english movement on ciudad rodrigo which he thought was undertaken as a diversion to aid valencia then besieged by Suchet, and he instantly authorized a temporary detention of the imperial guard as a support for marmont learning that ciudad had fallen he insisted that the marshal if he could not retake it should occupy salamanca and make an incursion into portugal in order to detain wellington in Baira. a little later february eighteenth he reiterated his orders at great length directing marmont to keep his troops together so that if wellington committed the great fault of moving on badajoz the marshal from salamanca might bring him swiftly back by moving on almeida before that advice reached marmont wellington had committed the fault and his northern opponent was not in a position to do anything that would arrest or punish his audacious enterprise audacious yet based on a cool estimate of the facts and no heedless spring upon attempting prey it is a remarkable fact that the preparations for the recapture of Badajoz were in progress before the siege of Suidad was begun. Success in the latter case depended more on the disposition of the hostile armies and the former on climatic considerations. In both, to a great extent, 
on the French belief that Wellington was a timid general who would not incur great risks. Yet had they studied his career, they would have known that few surpassed him in boldness, still fewer in far-reaching plans, and none then living in accomplishing much with small means. He took Suidad in the depth of winter, he fell upon Barajoz in the spring, because he relied on the annual rains to fill the torrents and the streams which crossed the great road into Portugal, on the Portuguese militia and irregular troops to obstruct the passes, and most on his superior quickness and the valour of his troops, who trusted him as he trusted them. In addition, the Spanish bands and regulars were set in motion to harass Soult, and were lying in wait to dash on Seville and Granada if he moved upon the Guadiana. Therefore he transferred his army from Beira early in March, and on the 16th began his hard task, all the harder because Philippon, the governor of Badajoz, was an able warrior and his ample garrison brave men. Covering the siege operations with an army in the field under Hill and Graham, he employed at first the third, fourth, and light divisions, not much more than three times the strength of the garrison, and later the fifth, to win this great fortress, and he won it in twenty-one days. The soldiers swear we shall succeed, he wrote on the twentieth, because we invested on St. Patrick's Eve and broke ground on St. Patrick's Day. And next to the inflexible resolution of the general, it was the officers and soldiers who mastered Barajoth, for defective resources and imperative political reasons again set aside the rules of art, few of which could be obeyed. By sustained efforts three breaches were made, yet the approaches were so difficult that neither could be attacked by a compact formation nor stormed, even by the fiery intrepid men who on the night of April 6th sacrificed themselves in hundreds rather than recede. They struggled for hours against the terrible obstacles, and just when the awful slaughter, with no result, made Wellington order the recall of these obstinate heroes, he learned that Picton's division had carried the castle by escalade, itself an enterprise of splendid daring, that the 5th Division had mastered the bastion of St. Vincent, and that the stronghold was practically his own. Then the other troops poured in, and Philippone, driven for refuge to San Cristobal, surrendered with all his men. The siege had cost the assailants more than 5,000 killed and wounded, the greater moiety during the conflict on that terrible night. And none who knew how tender was the heart of the great captain will be astonished to learn that the dread total moved him to a passion of tears. Pity it is that the victorious soldiers stained their fame by committing outrages hardly yet forgotten, that they heeded not his orders, and that they turned their bayonets on the general himself when he sought to restore discipline. The capture of Barajoz, following so close on that of Suidad Rodrigo, was a great blow to the French. The mere wind of the siege brought Soult through the mountains, but when he heard that the place had fallen and that the Spanish generals were moving on Seville, he hurried back to Andalusia. Wellington had designed a mighty stroke in that quarter which could not be delivered because Marmont took the field at the end of March, threatened Suidad, and crossed the Coa, finally turning upon Sabugal and Castillo Branco. Wellington, therefore, passing the Tagus, obliged the French to retreat 
without effecting more than the partial dispersion of the Portuguese militia, and in April of 1812 the adversaries faced each other on the old ground. The Spaniards, having neglected to repair and provision Suidad, the army was obliged to bring up stores and remedy the defects. If the two marshals had not worked in harmony during this vigorous campaign, the failure was partially due to the profound and well-meant counsels of Napoleon. For Marmont could not act on his own judgment in defiance of orders for which he waited, and when they arrived it was too late. While Soult was vexed because the aid he looked for from his colleagues did not come, Wellington ably profited by these errors, increasing their effects by the impulse which he imparted to the Spanish bands from Ferrol to Alicante. For all the operations were interdependent, and remote successes as well as defeats told on the fortunes of the Anglo-Portuguese army, which was always the mainstay of the great contest. End of section 10